the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When the Old Testament refers to circumcision, it is the cutting away of flesh to signify something that would happen in the future, the cutting away of spiritual flesh from our hearts. That's what we'll explore next on Abounding Grace. The ministry of Reformed Heritage Church right here in San Jose. Hi there, and welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, who today returns us to Romans chapter 2, verses 17 through 29, a message that Pastor Gary has simply entitled Circumcised Hearts. After all, that is what the Apostle Paul is referring to and looking at, exploring and explaining here today. With this edition of Abounding Grace, here's Pastor Gary. When I'm cleansed of my sins and given a new heart and in union with Jesus and walking in dependence on Him, then and only then can I obey. And that's what baptism points us to, all of those things. I must be cleansed. Jesus is my only righteousness. I cannot affect this interchange in my own strength. I need to walk by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. But guess what? Circumcision meant the same thing under the types and the shadows of the Old Testament. But it became uncircumcision for the Jews because they rested in, we're circumcised. So we're good. Don't talk about my heart. I'm good. I'm not outwardly committing adultery. Now, I I may be looking at ladies as they walk down the street and be window shopping, but I'm not outwardly committing adultery. God says, away with your outward stupidity. God says, my religion is when I set up my kingdom of holiness within your heart and life. And from that holy root springs all kinds of good works and good fruits in our homes, in our lands, in society, even in halls of power, everywhere. So we need to ask ourselves a question. Are we resting in our baptism? Oh, I'm baptized. I'm okay. I bear God's name. I'm okay. I know we're not infallible judges. You can't even know if most of these things are true of you. When I ask you to look into your heart, it is a wasted question. It is a wasted directive because you and I can't look there and see our true selves outside of Christ. We can't judge ourselves correctly, but what we do, we do if our hearts are circumcised by Jesus. Only by faith, beloved, can you truly see your heart. What do we do if we have the reality and we don't rest in the sign of that reality? Baptism is a sign of those things I just talked about. Circumcision was a sign too. What are our hearts like if we have reality of what that sign points to? Lord, I may be self-deceived. 
Would you please illuminate me? Lord, I know I depend too much on my external blessings. Would you please forgive me? Would you please forgive me that those external blessings don't lead me to you? That they don't lead me to confess my sins and repent of my sins and to turn from those sins and walk in obedience to you. So we have to be careful. Baptism can become unbaptism. Just like circumcision can become uncircumcision. How? By resting on the externals. I have the blessings. But I hesitate to look within. I know the ropes. So I kind of walk within the boundaries. And no one will look in there. And I won't have to be real honest about my heart. I can condemn other people, all of those really, really bad people, but I don't need to condemn myself because I'm walking within these external boundaries and these rules. That is my safety zone. But in actuality, my heart is not humble and broken before the majesty of God. My heartbeat and my soul are not your will be done, not my will. Oh, Lord, I want to walk in obedience to you from the heart. Forgive me. And that is why in verses 26 and 27, Paul brings the Gentiles forward. Now, this is a tight argument here. He says the Gentiles are really circumcised. What? Now, that is is his conclusion. The Gentiles are the circumcised one. Now, he's talking here about Gentile believers. He's already talked about the Gentiles in general in chapter 1. And they're as dead and blind as the Jews are and condemned by God. So when we read in verse 26, Therefore, if the uncircumcision keeps the righteousness of the law, and Paul is talking about Gentile believers who are humble and who have the reality, and they do obey God with new hearts upon which God's law is written. He says they may not have the external mark of circumcision, But they do have the inner reality. And not only that, but look at verse 27. But that uncircumcision by nature, since he's keeping the law, since he is the inner, since it has, he has the inner reality, the filth of the flesh has been cut away. Christ has done an operation upon that heart of the Gentile, and it is going to judge you, Jew. Now, you better got, you've got the letter of the law. You've got the external written word on you, and you've got circumcision. But you are a lawbreaker. And this is a remarkable thing for Paul, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, to write. Because remember, this was a badge of honor. And yet Paul can look and say, listen, if you don't have the reality, Jew, you are uncircumcised. But we've got Abraham's blood. You may, but you don't have the reality. That is why Jesus could say to them in John 8, you are of your father, the devil. Abraham's not your father, but we've got circumcision. Oh no, the devil is your father. You've got these outward blessings. The devil is your father. What do you mean the devil is our father? That would have been the question to ask. And that is the question for us to ask, lest we perish in hell eternally. We've got baptism. So what do you mean we are of the father, the devil? 
We do the works that are the reflection of our heart. And if our heart has been circumcised, then we do have the reality. And from that heart will proceed works of righteousness, not out of guilt, not out of, well, I need to atone for my sins, or I really need to do better. No, it's out of love for God, for His mercy to us in the Lord Jesus, and out of gratitude for His grace. So the Jews are actually condemned here in verses 26 and 27 as being worse lawbreakers than the Gentiles. And they were. Look at what Jesus told them in John seven nineteen. John is often looked at as a kind of, you know, sweet, full of the red letter gospel. But his gospel is bitingly hard in a good way against all hypocrisy. John seven nineteen. Now, this is the sum of God's assessment for those of you who are up up on the Second Temple Judaism theological debates. I'm not going to go into that. But this is Jesus' assessment of that whole theological school and group of people during that time. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you go about to kill me? You see, it's an absolute statement by the Son of God and mediator of the covenant. None of you Jews keep the law. Why? It is because none of you have the heart. Your obedience, even if it is there at some trivial level, it doesn't come from the heart that is circumcised because you trust in externals. You do not have my renewing work in your heart. Now, Paul draws some conclusions in verses 28 and 29 that are quite startling and far-reaching. He says, He is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is circumcision that which is outward done in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Now he says here, however much, Jew, you may boast in circumcision without the inner renewal, without God's law written on your hearts to which circumcision pointed, you are not a Jew. True circumcision is not what is outwardly done in the flesh. Circumcision is that which is done inwardly when God cuts away the root of our filth and sets up his own kingdom of righteousness in our lives. Never did a verse of scripture more completely condemn a whole group of people of their pride and presumption as this one. But it also corrects very faulty Christian theology, such as the Jews are still God's people. God's main plan in history is still with them, And we should be very concerned about Jewish nationhood. Oh, beloved, these are heirs that have been generated, have generated so many evils and so much bloodshed to this very moment around the world. But listen to Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ. You're not all Jews at all. You have no part in God's covenant or in his promises. You are false sons. This is Paul's, a Hebrew of Hebrews' main point. Outward religion 
externalism, even if you've got the signs and the seals of the covenant, like circumcision, it won't do you any good. And it definitely does not entitle you to think of yourself as a son of God, as an heir of heaven. God says, you're not a Jew. You do not have the faith of your father Abraham. And thus all who pretend, and there are many in this world who do this today, all who pretend to be of God and yet they rest in their badges. Oh, we're circumcised and we go to mass. And and after all, we're reformed. Everyone who rests in their outward badges. Oh, here's my badge. I get in, right? Wrong. All of those who rest in their religious badges, even if they are the signs and the seals of the covenant itself, like circumcision in the Old Testament and baptism and the Lord's Supper in the New Testament, are false sons and have no part in God and Christ. God gives you the signs. To lead us by the hand to the reality. And if we are not led to the reality, a renewal, a new heart, I will give you. The signs become our death warrant. Because we rested in the external badges of true religion. But we did not seek in our heart conformity to the will of God. So who are the Jews today? Who are the true sons and daughters of the kingdom? Turn to Philippians chapter 3. Verse 3, here is the clear answer to that question. Philippians chapter 3, we'll begin in verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, is indeed not grievous. But for you, it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision. Listen which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Now listen, to go to heaven, you must be circumcised. To go to heaven, you must be a Jew. To go to heaven, you must have Abraham as your father. So Paul writes here to Gentiles, the Philippians, and says, we, including himself with them, we are the circumcision, and Abraham is our father, which do what? Well, he mentions three things. Worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Jesus Christ, and have no confidence in the flesh. None. Worship God in the spirit, an inner heart that sees God spiritually and that recognizes he is not pleased with the blood of bulls and goats. And as I said last time, Lebanon is not sufficient to burn. Oh, light your candles, do your mass, have your skits and your rock bands. God is not pleased with any of those things. God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him according to his spiritual nature by faith and obedience to his word. Letting him tell us what is pleasing to him and not our flesh. Those are the ones who are truly circumcised. Those are the ones who are truly the seed of Abraham. You and I. And notice God does this in all of those who are truly circumcised. These are not lessons we learn in man's schools. These are lessons that God teaches because they are part of the new heart 
They are part of the circumcision he does. He said, secondly, and rejoice in Christ Jesus. Now, this is kind of a strange thing to say here. Why, why rejoice in Jesus? Because I'm filthy. Because I tend to rest in external things. Well, I've got all of this down. I'm good to go. I'm associated with this group here. I'm okay. I've got this. I'm fine. And then the truth dawns in our hearts. And God gets out the scissors of his word. And he lays them at the root of my filthy will. That wants to do what it wants to do. My affections that love the world and don't love holy things. My mind that doesn't want to think God's thoughts after him. That wants to think whatever my giddy heart wants to think. And he begins to snip at that. And I feel it like when the dentist is digging down deep in a tooth that didn't get quite enough Novocaine. Oh, I feel it. There is a Savior who delivers me from this externalistic filth of mine. And that is why the circumcised are described here as rejoicing in Christ Jesus. For he is all we need. I've looked a little bit at my filth of my heart, but I've seen the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And I cling to him. I run to him and rejoice in him. And he, of course, receives me and he cleanses me and he forgives me. And in walking with him, I have strength to obey him. Not because I'm afraid of what will happen if I don't, but because he has taken my heart of stone and crushed its rocky rebellion. In its place, he has given me a new heart that loves him and loves to obey him out of gratitude to him. You see, the circumcised, the true Jew reminds me of Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. This, is, this must be true of us. God must circumcise our hearts. We must be born from on high. We must have our rebellious hearts taken away. Listen, we must have an inner disposition to obey God's word as ours. What is the inner disposition of your heart? Does it show in my heart? Oh, it's not perfect. It never will be perfect. Anyone who brings this line to you when you're thinking about this sermon, well, no one's perfect. They must be using this as an excuse that, well, I'll guarantee you, send them to hell forever. Perfection is not an issue. Rather, it is the bent of my heart. Is it God teach me? God lead me? And when we see much that is impure in us, we cry out that and say, God, please make me teachable. Please give me a heart that loves you. Oh, please circumcise my heart. Paul said back in Romans 2, the real circumcision is that of the heart. It is not outward in the flesh. It is in the heart. It's not having the letter, the outward written word of God. It is the inward heart that is made alive to him. Does God say this about your heart today? 
This heart belongs to me, and I have made it new, and I have written my word upon that heart. I have taken away the old heart and crushed its rebellion and made it teachable. I have done this, he says. Has God done this to you? You've got to have that heart to go to heaven. And you've got to have that heart really to enjoy God on earth. Because without that heart, it's nothing but guilt. It's all frustration. It's like you've seen a little bit of what God wants you to do. And it's there. And it's kind of obscure. And you go toward it. But something is always holding you back. Well, I can't do it. My wife is just too nasty. My husband's too bossy. My parents are too provoking. My children are just too stubborn. My boss is too mean. So whenever you would go even one step in that direction, it's like your feet are stuck in six feet of concrete. I can't move. Well, that is evidence of an uncircumcised heart. Now, it could be just a sign of weakness. And if it is, then we cry out to God to free us. But it becomes an excuse. If it becomes an excuse, it may be that our hearts are not circumcised. And we don't have that new heart. And we need to begin there. But Paul gives us something more infallible than our dishonesty. He asks whose heart is circumcised. At the end of verse 29, he says, Circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. A circumcised heart is known primarily for one thing. Paul tells us here. It doesn't live for the promise of men. It lives for the praise of God. Remember how Jesus used to condemn the Jews? Why did he condemn them so harshly? Because of all their religiosity, shouted, look at me, admire my piety, look at what I do, look at all the rules we have put on our families, look at the rules we have put on our synagogues, look at the ceremonies we perform, look at the way we dress, look at us. And God said, I hate all of that. I hate shows of religion when you don't have a heart for truth and godliness. And this is not my work. It is man's. It is Satan. It is from the father of lies and all lies are from him. But you know, when we start living for God's praise is when we have tested, tasted that the Lord is gracious. Back to Philippians 3.3. When we start realizing that everything in us is gross and nasty and corrupt. And the longer I live as a Christian, the more I see my sin. And it's hideous. I don't even like to think about it. Sometimes I tremble when I'm in God's word because it just keeps dredging up all of this mire in my heart. But oh, I rejoice in Christ Jesus. I have tasted his grace and he has been so kind to me and so merciful. He has borne all my sins on the cross. And he says, abide in me. And as weak as I am, if I abide in him, I'm going to bear fruit. I rejoice in Christ Jesus. Oh, I have tasted of his grace. 
I want to live for him. Beloved, it is no more complicated than that. Look at what my merciful God has done for me in his son. Yes, he has given me signs of the covenant, but bless his name, he has given me the inner reality of that covenant also. He has taken away my rebellion. He has given me a heart that is teachable and leadable. Lord, I want you. I want to please you. I want to tell you, tell others of your grace and mercy and of the great work that you have done in my heart. I want you to increase in my life while I decrease. So may you be glorified in all that I think, in all that I say, and in all that I do. Amen. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408. 408- 8665607 that's 4088665607 our website where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us is reformedheritage.org and then of course you can write to us at PMB that stands for post mailbox number 402 1484 Pollard Road Los Gatos California the zip code is 95032 Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.